Hello, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Mone, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. Greetings from the fourth round of the FA Cup. Very intense game against Leeds. What was your thoughts? Um, I can put it like this. Arteta saw it, we saw it, and the players, it seems, didn't get the memo because they went out, you know, totally cocky in this game. And, you know, look, we already said on, like, the last podcast, be careful of Leeds because they're, they're the table toppers. I mean, I even heard some people say, yeah, they might go in, you know, uh, was it like semi, you know, like a semi-weekend squad or whatever. And for me, I knew for a fact they are good. They know this is now the stage for them. And they, you know, they actually came out firing. You know what we have to show, look, I don't want to blow Arteta's horn too early, but where you can see, you know, he, he, he knows his way around the game slightly is where, or maybe he picked this up from Pep, because you've seen Arsenal come out in the first half and have an atrocious game. You see them come back in the second half and have even a worse of a game. But it just shows how his team talk did something to them at halftime, something you never really see from an Arsenal team. I think the one time you ever saw Arsenal come back out of a second half strong, like, you know, recently, recent times or in the past decade was if you think of that Arsenal game at Anfield when Liverpool went 1-0 up and then apparently Wenger gave them like a rollicking and they came to win the game 2-1. Because, like, you know, when you look at, at the way the, the squad was set up, he said before, and, and I mean, I remember in the press conference, like, uh, leading up to the game, he said, you know, be careful because this team, he said, he, I think he watched him about three or four weeks already on the bounce. And he said... The, 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 that the way that Bielsa has been playing is like, you know, they play a high press. They, you know, they're almost like breathing down your neck constantly so they don't give you that time and that space to, like, look, we're looking for that when we try to be creative and that. But, I mean, they do not give you that sort of breathing space at all. So, of course, they were playing a more, high, uh, you know, high-tempo game. Arsenal just almost like couldn't get out of second gear. You know, we became almost like, just, uh, you know, shocked on Lucas the way at the, at the rate that uh, Leeds United started. And I mean, they were peppering Emmy Martinez's goal constantly. I mean, I actually thought we would go in at halftime, something like 2-0 down. Yes, if they hit the post, they, the chances they were making was unreal. And Arsenal just wouldn't switch on. Mm-hmm. It was like, we were so lucky that halftime, you know, we eventually came when it came. But, you know, going through the first half, you, like, you couldn't even remember how, when Arsenal actually really pinned them in the half. It was literally Arsenal were the championship side, no disrespect to the championship, and Leeds were the Premier League side. Because, I mean, look, we only, I think, kind of woke up after the 35th minute because then, you know, for somebody, we could also, but I mean, by that time, the game was also, you know, surpassing somebody like Ozil because he was just trotting, you know, jogging along. And then you thought to yourself, where is that 11 kilometers he was doing <laughs> the week before? Because he was back to that, that you know, that, that just jogging along, not helping out. Because you could see this was a sort of game where you, everybody needed to be counted. And if you're going to have, because it became like, in the especially the first 20 minutes, like we're down to nine men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, it was actually quite shocking, and you know, you got, you got to wonder. So, you know, we got away with this, but on any other given day, you could be playing a Man City, a Liverpool, or or whatever a high stakes game. And if Leeds had taken their chances when they did, 
game's over. You can't get really come back from something like that in the second half. If you two, three goals down and Lee shut down shop. I mean, they ended up what clipping the crossbar. They ended, yes. You know, really stretching Martinez to the max to get through. And I mean, they were like every time they were this whole disjointed thing. And I think what also did not help, help matters much. And this was kind of, I'm not going to say now infuriating, but for me, uh, you know, a, a bit a negative for me with Arteta. He could have played holding to like you know make him come on in the latter part of the second half because he let him start in a like a high octane game like this, and I mean you could see holding was passing like you yeah. know making wrong decisions with the passing. I mean he got us into trouble numerous times. Was not reading situations fast enough, and you could see it was look you got us you know be uh, like too hard on the guy. But that being said, he's a, a, a season pro now already. And I mean, to come in almost like from the cold, you could see, of course, I'm now, as I said, now, you know, for me, a negative about Arteta there. Because you could see he could not cope with this sort of game. And I mean, they were stringing him all over the, the like, the, the back line. And it got him to a point where Xhaka and Holding were, you know, almost getting close to, to, to blows at, at one point. Yes, I, I remember that as well. I mean, you can't blame Holding as well. It, it, it was, like you said, Arteta was a bit to, to blame at that. And... But we we're lucky that you know it never turned into something worse. Like you said, a, a goal could have possibly come out too, and that would have shattered Rob Holding's confidence because he's already low on confidence at the moment. You know that is the last thing he needed now is even to you know be thrown even deeper into the dumps. But no, then we went into the half. You know, still at nil nil. The team that came out second half, almost like looking more rejuvenated, but I mean also looking like they got the head dryer treatment from Arteta, because all of a sudden, the high press was there, people were starting to run into this little, or making, uh, you know, those little pockets for themselves, and all of a sudden, you could see Leeds were now on the back foot, and you thought to yourself, because I think also, added to that, with Leeds, pressing was like for a full 45, yeah. but championship team also got a bit too much, because normally, like in the championship, it's, you know, back and forth, back and forth, but I think with, with uh, Leeds now, you could see it was starting to now, you know, count against him as as well as I mean, give credit credit to you because I mean, I'll take my hat off. Leeds, you, I mean, I really hope they do get promoted because they play a fantastic brand of football. And I mean, of course, of with the right signings, you know, who knows where they can be if they get to the Premier League. But that being said, uh, you know, Leeds goalkeeper also that Mesley that they got on loan, I think he's what nineteen. Yeah, he was fantastic as well. He was pulling off fantastic saves because I mean, I think he was actually the one. It was, you know, keeping the score kind of down. Because when we were starting to cut through the defence, the, the holding mid couldn't, like, cope anymore with, with the sort of darting runs we were making. And then, I mean, the breakthrough then comes in the 55th minute when Reese now... But, I mean, I'll also give credit to uh, Pepe because it was a sort of close control, you know, like spinning off the defender. I mean, I didn't expect him to get away with it because, I mean, that one guy was always stuck to him like glue. But, I mean, he managed to spin off the player... Burst into space, you know, played, a, I think it was a little one-two with was Lacazette. Yes. And then the ball got played through, and I mean, very scruffy goal, but okay, goal is a goal. One-0. You, you know, we don't sometimes give, I know I've, I'm guilty, and I'm going to put my hand up for this. I don't give sometimes Pepe credit when it's due. Yes, he hasn't hit that price tag yet, mm. but he's been involved with quite a lot of goals and assists, and, you know, build-up plays leading to things, so... 
You know, yes, he hasn't hit his straps yet, but he's making a little impact here. And then I think under Arteta, I mean, you've told me personally as well in in chats we had where um, Arteta could possibly get through to him and make him, you know, a better player. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Now, then, of course, also then started, I say also that I think the players were also tiring because, look, if you think of that few days prior, the game against United, I think it also started catching up to the Arsenal players now in the latter part of the second half. Uh, Martinelli then came on for Nelson. I mean, you know, it's also to Nelson who persevered. I mean, at times things didn't also go his way, but I think what, what we Arteta has now really talked him up is like he's now starting to persevere more. You know, even if he's losing the ball, you see him get up and he's starting to, you know, win the ball back. And so Martinelli comes in, of course, adds an extra injection of pace, looks a bit more you know, cutting edge with what he's doing. Because, you know, he's like a man, you know, all over the place at the moment. And I'm in a positive sense. So, you know, he was on to almost like stretch the game even more, which I mean, I found also good because every time there was a, I don't know if you picked up on it, but every time there was the, the ball was into touch, you saw the Leeds United players holding their calves, holding their, <laughs> their hamstrings. And that's because I think the game when it started, you know, it was like overpowering them also besides the way Arsenal were playing. I think we forget also the championship has a much more fixtures than we than the, in the Premier League as well. So I think that also came into play and the fact that they're fighting for their lives to get back in the Premier League. So that was obviously their priority. But like you mentioned now, the fatigue eventually starts to kick in, especially playing that type of game against the Arsenal side that when they do get space will make you run. And Martinelli for me, oh, he was a bit unlucky not to get on the score sheet. But he was really on top of things when he came. I'm like, he really has a bright future at the club. Just hope we can do what we can to keep hold of him. I mean, one thing you could also see, like two points out to make also the game. You could see Torreira wasn't playing since we now, almost like sitting that way now, the way we play, if he plays in the squad, but he, you know, he just sits. Because I think Guedosi and, and, and Xhaka were almost like two adventurers in the game at times. You know, where they would like, almost like get caught eventually because they don't have that sort of, screen behind them now that's you know protecting them and allowing them that sort of freedom to go forward and also flip side of it with with the sort of pace the game has been played at Ozil was also not uh, you know adding extra bodies in midfield he was just was like trudging along in the uh, in the on the pitch and then also another thing I want to add with Lacazette of course he didn't get that clicker chances we all now think he would now get but I mean what I did like was his hold up play was way stronger than you know, previous games. He was actually getting involved and, and also helping with some sort of high press, even though you could see he was also tiring uh, quite rapidly in the latter part of the, the second half. Well, I, I mean, like you mentioned, now uh, he, he seems more interested. Previously, he was just, you know, going through the motions and I wondered personally if he still has interest of staying at the club, but you can see that Arteta's brought hunger. I think maybe they're buying into... His philosophy. I don't know what happened when Freddy came. Maybe they were still thinking it's yeah. too much of Una Emre still. Or maybe Una, he thought that Una Emre still, like I said, is back when Una Emre was coach. So I do think Arteta coming in was a breath of fresh air. And, you know, I must personally say to you as well, I, I know I disagreed with you, but, you know, big ups for for calling you wanting Arteta you, I know you initially wanted some older manager but then you started changing your attitude and saying that Arteta should be the guy to take us forward and 
I, I, that's up to you for that. For me personally, I mean, I don't want to take credit for anything because for me, the way I started thinking of it almost like more rationally was listening almost like to people like, say, Alan Smith and, and you know, some ex-Arsenal footballers where they said, like, because they were also asked almost like the same thing that you were posing to me about, yeah, but why would you take somebody that's never had, a, a, you know, almost like a full-time coaching job? He's always been at that first or second assistant. But then Alan Smith said something down the lines of, for you, for, for Arteta, it's probably going to be a sort of project where you can come in new, you don't have that real, you know, that heavy, heavy pressure on you, and you can actually start not only picking at that team apart where you can see the, you know, the where the errors are or whatever, but you're also going to get that time to bring in your own sort of players. Also, you're almost like force, not just bring in, you're going to force your style of football on that. Because I think with, with every, the problem there was, he came to the club almost like with this sort of philosophy, but he's not going to force it really on you. And that is why you ended up being, look, he went from almost like, a, you, almost like you had a timeline of Emery's career at Arsenal. You went from a guy that was playing high press and that, and then the minute he almost like got found out, then he went into that, that, that you know, that mode where, where Mourinho was in the latter parts of his Chelsea career or the United career where he almost like just parks the bus and then it's almost like, We'll either defend a one or I think you gave the breakdown a few weeks back, where you said I'm like you're so, I'm like too scared to lose, so you will rather just sit. And whether you, even if the score is all tied at zero zero, whatever, you will rather just sit. And I'm like that started getting I'm like smothering us, and that ended up, you know, blowing up in our faces. It, it also allowed our players not to play with their freedom and expression that they once were known for, like with a flair and you know confidence passing the ball because you looked at Arsenal and you were wondering like you know what are, what are we doing are we are we a keeping the ball team are we a, are we I'm mean, sorry a possession team are we a counter attacking team what are we doing are we parking the bus it just didn't seem like you like you always mentioned like the identity crisis we had but you look at Arsenal now and you know you look forward to the games that um that's, that's coming like there's no longer that anxiety of like ah I I don't feel like watching this game, but you you enjoying the soccer now. That's important. You know, results aside, that Chelsea game. If you look back at it, yes, we we lost the three points. But if you look back at it, you enjoyed watching that game compared to maybe that loss against Sheffield United or or Brighton or something like that. And I mean, I think one thing that also stuck by me. I mean, it, it was like David Lewis being at his philosophical best when he said something down the lines of. You know, I'd rather sleep four hours and be happy than be miserable and sleep for eight. And that yeah. just, it, it kind of tells you what or how Emery also robbed the squad of, you know, a lot of things. Because, look, David Lewis, as much as we criticize him also going into the season and that, like with the errors he was making, he also made it clear that physically they did not feel that they were up to standard and that was already going to... August when the season started, and he said now they actually feel that they are being work, like overworked, and that is also like what they want and what they like. Because even Socrates says he now wakes up in the morning and he's smiling already, knowing what there's always going to be something different. Because I think everything just got predictable and and you know almost like stale under Emery. Then yeah, I I can I get that. I mean, I'm sure. A lot of people, you know, if you're not happy in your working environment, you're going to be miserable and it's going to tell in your work. And the case that's what happened at Arsenal, you could tell that there was something not right in the team. I mean, we couldn't put our fingers on it because we're not, you know, 
seeing the day-to-day activities at the club, but you could tell that something was rotten. And and, and now you see there's a change of attitude. So, you know, maybe it was the coach all along. I mean, you also see, I I think that's what I actually, of course, it's early days with, you know, new manager and everything or new coach. But uh, I don't know if you picked up already, when they make errors, it's almost like watching... United in the Fergie years, they actually don't even want to look at the touchline if they made an error because they know what's going to come. Because <laughs> I noticed actually some of that, and look at, at Arteta, not Arteta, like I saying after the game also, uh, when they asked like what was Arteta's reaction at halftime, and you see, uh, like I said, he shouted a lot. And I mean, he was like, you know, picking out people also, like, you know, but, but what I also like is, of Arteta is he's very honest, and I think that's what I like where if you compare even to, to um, say, in the years of, or the latter part, say, of Yvinga and with Emery, they, they could never say, look, we were poor. They would also try to bring those positives out, even though you as a fan think, what are they trying to pull the wool over my eyes? I mean, I, I know what I saw, and I mean, that was not a, a good performance. And he said also, we were poor that first that, that first 35 minutes against uh, Leeds United. And I've been, I like that honestly in him. I, I like his character. He's like, like I really do as a coach. Like you said, like his press conference, I listen to his when he speaks to the media. He like like you said, he's honest. He says like you no, know, we never went according to plan. Leads had us because one man to man, they were getting to the ball quicker. Like things like that, he, he he brings out. And I just think that you know if if he can continue motivating the side like he has from from now till the end of the season, you can see there could be a. a, a could be a, a can I say a good season? I'm not saying that it's going to be fantastic, but a good season to to what we were probably thinking about a month ago. Yeah. So I mean, look, as we now draw a line in that game, uh, we do play Bournemouth in the fourth round away, which uh, I mean again would be a, a good test. And I think what also just want to just hop quickly on the Leeds game. I think Arsenal also needed, uh, you know, how they would cope one 0 and defending that one 0 and I think this is also the type of thing where, I mean, of course, baby steps with, with in certain aspects now with the coach and the players. But also, how they now set his plan about, you know, to, to like see this game out. Because I was honestly, as I was nervous a lot, but when you started seeing that sort of control, it wasn't that sort of Emery 1-0 where you were ahead and, and you know you can ship a goal at any time. That game was almost like controlled in the middle of the park and you're not going to get further type of thing. Yeah, you can see that Arsenal side have has a bit more dominance. You know, Arteta, um, I don't even remember that one interview, I don't know who it was with, where he said as a player he used to hate coming to the Emirates Stadium or coming to Arsenal's home ground. So I think uh, uh, he wants to get that as well installed at, at the club as well. We, we clubs start fearing coming to the Emirates and it's no longer, uh, oh, we could possibly get a point and maybe three if we're lucky. So now let's switch our attention to the Crystal Palace game on Saturday. Uh, for me, I've actually labelled it almost like the start of the Avengers tour because I think it's time <laughs> to get back and correct all these, you know, previous fixtures that we kind of messed up in the first part of the season. Oh, that that, that Palace game wants me for that Callum Chambers goal. We should have got that. They said the VAR ruled out like the the first fixture we had the season against him. So, like you said. Hopefully we can correct it, and also let's hope uh, we don't give a 90th minute or like a late penalty like we did again at Salas Park last season. So I mean it's ninth against tenth. <laughs> um, 
But I think this is also, you know, uh, uh, one of the mini mountains for us to climb on our way. I have to leak because look, at the moment, it's everything is so finely balanced now because you've got, you know, Chelsea, you know, winning a game one week and then losing a game another week. And, you know, even at home, they don't look dominant. So you've got them, you've got Spurs now, they also clocking up injuries. Their main strikers now out for about a month and a half or so. Then you've got Man United in total crisis now with, with players. I mean, they're even trying to somehow patchwork a, a squad together at times. So I think the, the, the of course, look, we, I, I don't want to also get too, you know, carried away. But I think now with, with you, if you think of the games we have, it's something like Palace. And then I think afterwards uh, at home to Sheffield United. So I think it's all like all these little teams that are above us. That we can slowly, you know, use them as now stepping stone to get ourselves somewhere, you know, somewhere in and around the top four again in the mix. Eh? Like you mentioned, like that the cricket when the cricketers normally try to, you know, get to that hundred when they're batting first mm-hmm. ten runs, next ten runs, next ten runs, next ten runs. It's almost like game by game by game to try to eventually get to that end goal of being fifth and sixth, and then look to see if we can be in touching distance with with the teams above us in the top four, which is probably going to be the likes of Chelsea or maybe Spurs, but they've been quite inconsistent with the likes of like Man United. But you know what I've actually found strange? Um, when you look at Crystal Palace, they, they, you know, normally when I do that thing where I tell you like the, the you know, most reliable players and stuff, or, you know, you know, like key players going into the game, there's actually more defenders than anybody in that squad because I think they've got uh, what was it now? Uh, yeah, Tompkins and Ward. They are now the, the highest uh, rated players like over the uh, course of the games this season. And then you've got that, what's the guy? I can't pronounce his name. Like the one that's the penalty specialist for them. Was like, oh, oh, Meliene. Wait, uh, I can't. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Meliene. I'm, I'm saying it wrong, I think. Because he didn't act. But I mean, he's, get... the, he's the other one that's like, you know, one of the key players. So it just shows you where they. Uh, you know, where they plot everything to their game. So it's not like, you know, you know you're going to be in for a game with the defense type of thing. So, uh, you know, are we, I think our forwards are going to have their work cut out for that game. I mean, it's going to be a tough game because normally Roy Hodgson always, I think a lot of people underestimate him also. I think he's somebody, he always, when he puts a squad out, they are, you know, you know when he wants his grafters in. And I mean, they do have quite a bit of grafters in the squad. But I, I mean, I think Arsenal should also, I think, the players, our players probably will bring now, you know, Torreira back, but as much as Arteta, I'm sure, wants to also rotate the squad somewhere to keep it fresh. So, you know, I think Torreira should be well-rested. And I just think, I don't know, if we can somehow silence Zaha, then I think it's like half the job is done. Uh, I think also maybe, like I said, needs a bit of a rest. Maybe bring him on as an impact player, start Martinelli a bombing, and I think give, give Pepe another shot. Maybe have Reese Nelson and, like I said, on the bench to be your impact players should they be required. Because, I mean, they have been working their socks off. I mean, Reese Nelson has been, I think, starting a lot, like, you know, quite more than we, we would have expected. Yeah. So, you know, that's not the end that we draw on the line on that game. So, we're going to switch our attention now to the, you know, talking points slash, you know, transfer news at the moment. And, uh, you know, Mustafi. You know, really, I think it kind of showed, uh, you know, what Arteta thinks was not even including with the 18-man squad for the uh, FA Cup game. 
So I, I just think it's now, and, and now also the, the rumor, not the rumor, the news broke that, that he also switched his um, agent, football agent. So he's now also on the lookout now for, a, a, you know, a club elsewhere. So I think I don't know the option is really open to him because I know there were offers coming in from Italy and I think there's some German clubs that are also interested in uh, bringing him back. I mean, I honestly, you know, for his sake also, because I think he's just... Maybe, you know, almost like it will rejuvenate his career. Because I think at Arsenal, it's almost like everything is just going, you know, what can go wrong goes wrong with him there at the club. Yeah, you you could get Gabriel at Valencia now. He's, he's playing a much better game than he was at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, even Cochrane looks a bit more solid than he was for us. I mean, he's not bouncing off people anymore. <laughs> so I, I think it, it could just be that. You know, it just, just didn't work out at Arsenal. There were games where he had a fair share. But you, like you mentioned, you know, you could have used Mustafi as a right-back at times. He does a decent job there. But the fact that Arteta didn't do that kind of explains to you where Arteta sees him. And I mean, I think also with other with other, regards, other news, um, Arsenal also want to send out Emile Smith-Rowe, John Jules and Edin Ketia returns from Leeds. You actually got, I think they already have clubs lined up for them, which, I mean, they're still keeping under wraps for some reason. I think the only one that kind of leaked out was Nketiah possibly going to Bristol Rovers or Bristol City, sorry. So I think that, that could be one thing that's finalised, but I'm not sure. I mean, I actually hope that people like, say, Emile Smith-Rowe and, and, and John Jules, they actually stay in England and maybe play for a championship team because I think that's going to also toughen them up more because... Emil Smith-Rowe just became almost like, uh, besides that injury he had at, at Red Bull Leipzig, he actually just became, you know, just like a squad player. He was not, he was like just getting little cameos and I think that's not really helping his career really. I think as as a guy at that age, you need uh, to to be playing week in, week out for confidence. I think that that helped. You know, I know the goalkeeper is different, but with Chesney, when he left Arsenal on loan, when you, I think it was to Brentford back in the day, he got a lot of playing time. And that helped. And I think Paladin as well when he went on loan. And I think also with the, with regards to other, you know, little news bits, um, you know, with Arsenal now kind of falling short of certain players now like in the, the squad department because, look, every time, and I don't know if you, you picked up on this, every time Paladin is having these little setbacks, this, uh, you know, at, at right back, uh, Kolasinac is not getting the, like, I think he's got, he's carrying some sort of Slight ankle ligament injury, but I mean, he's playing through the pain barrier, so I mean, you know, credit, give credit with you. I mean, props to the guy because I mean, he's playing almost like through a pain through the pain barrier to be there for the squad. So, I, I think because every time he's not really getting that you know, that full recuperation period to you know, really rest that ankle of his. So, every time he plays, then he you know, the ankle wobbles and then it you know, again, has to be subbed off early or something like that. So, I think he is due almost like a rest also. You know, a real risk. So, I'm, I was just thinking with Arteta, and, and I don't think really it's going to be, you know, we will you know, actually buy people. I think loans are actually better options for most clubs. I mean, you will see the big clubs doing loan deals. So, I would actually think somehow either maybe buy a right back or something and maybe bring a left back in as well. as a You know, even if it's just somebody that's to step in for like five or six months. Because we missed the trick with, with getting rid of that left, that youngster. I forgot what his name was again. In pre-season, you were quite gutted when he got, we, we, we sold him. Oh, Thompson, yeah. But yes. then I, when I checked on his, his stats at Brentford, I think he's played like one or two uh, games with him. 
He's not even used by that squad, so I don't know how that business was done. Because I would have maybe looked to like if you had to loan him out, perhaps. Because look at the situation you're in now, yeah. and I think uh, not having Nacho Monreal also been a miss. I mean, he would have also been a good deputy to have in the team, and he, he could do a job almost across the back line. So yeah, I think we got rid of certain players. Sociedad. I mean, I've been now watching Sociedad games just for him, and I mean, he is like he's assisting, he's up and down the field, and I mean, they also. I mean, it's not like La Liga's that slow because. Eh? I mean, he's really up and about. It's not like he's in the springtime of his career now. So, like, we must have trick with him. I think Emre got rid of certain players too early. Like, I know Montreal was at the at the age where maybe he wanted to wind down a bit, but he could have played a big part in the squad, and I'm still missing him. Yeah, because I honestly thought once everything was sorted, because look, if, if uh, we had, for me, it was already a risk. The minute uh, Tierney came there and he already said he's recovering from a double, uh, that groin operation, that was already for me alarm bells because even if you're going to come right or whatever, there's, you're always prone to some sort of injury. Then I mean, for me, okay, that was a freak injury when he dislocated his shoulder. But I mean, even with that, that was another thing I want to add. That was also where he had the op done. And then I think a few days later, there was again a setback with that dull shoulder thing again. And that's why... It's more like it went from, like, say, two and a half. Now it's gone almost, like, just over three months now that it's going to be out. So what do you do now as an Arsenal football club? You know, Kalasinac is probably, you know, could pick up a longer injury if, if he keeps on going through the motions like this. Then you're going to have to play Saka at left-back, which is not a good long-term alternative. Let's face it, you can do the job one, one game, two games, three games. But the moment you push it to, you know, ten games... It, it becomes very difficult for him as a player and, and then we might hop on his back for the mistakes he makes. So where do Arsenal go from here? Do you bring in, like you said, a left-back alone or do you try to kind of get somebody who's going to give T any competition long-term? And I think also, you know, just to switch to the other direction, with also transfers and that, with, with Callum Chambers now going to be out for the rest of the season and beyond, Arsenal do, do need to look now, besides now probably say in the summer buying somebody like a top defender or something like that. But they also need to look at any sort of loan where you can bring in, say, because look, at the moment, you've got um, that rumour still around about uh, Jerome Boateng. And then, of course, Umtiti is not getting a game at Barcelona, and he's also kind of getting frustrated. So, I mean, if they can bring one of these two players even in on loan, I mean, I wouldn't make it permanent, say, with Boateng. But I mean, just to add extra body or something, because I think we're going to end up leaving ourselves you know, way, way short if it goes on like this. Yeah, if, if you look at it, Rob Holdings, also not, you know, yeah. match, match fit. If he picks up a knock and, you know, Socrates, you saw how easy it was, he picked up a concussion, then you're just sitting with David Luiz and if you get rid of, if you get rid of Mustafi, what are you going to do? Play Xhaka centre-back? Yeah. Or you're going to have to start digging the, the academy and I don't think they want to really risk that because look, Ateta is not just there, you don't know them that well, you know. So, so I think I yeah. think Arsenal just needs to go in the window and just kind of not that it's ideal to get just get fillers everywhere they can almost like a at Kim Charlestrom but not with a back injury but somebody that can come there with an experienced head and guide us over the line in whatever competitions they need to fill in. And also maybe if you think of it, you know, look, Euro 2020 is coming around, 
And I'm sure there are players that, that you know, want to get some sort of game time in before the, you know, to be selected by the, the, the national teams. So, I mean, maybe there's also another option where we can, uh, you know, bring somebody in short term that, you know, will really bust the gut to, to get themselves not only, you know, get into a national team, but also, you know, have to do, deliver the, uh, a solid performance to perform for Arsenal. Yeah, I think if we go that route, it, 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 it could work for, for us. Yeah. So I'll draw into the podcast now. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Uh, I hope you guys, you know, will root for the squad for, for Saturday. I mean, we need to get this result back again after that terrible thing that we had at the Emirates with Crystal Palace. So come on, you Gunners. Let's get that three points. <laughs>